have I got a Christmas surprise for you. This is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a very wet England. No surprises there. Should I say anything on the programme that strikes a chord, interests you, or heaven help me, causes you to choke on your fruit and fibre cereal? Please let me know. As always, our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Yes, it is still raining. Stop the press. It's raining in England in December, but I have my wonderful friend Sarah Taylor with me on the show this morning. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Fiorella. From a very grey Cambridge, we're just just about holding off the rain, but yeah, it's going to be here soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was so dark this morning, and it was quite spooky. It felt like the apocalypse had come. Yes, you know, and you know it's the shortest day of the year coming up. It is. Yes, we, we have to avoid the shortest day of the year because it's around that time that the children break up for Christmas. Yeah. Um, but we're going to have to travel either the day before or the day after because my parents live near Stonehenge. Of course they do. And on the shortest day, it is the winter solstice where all the nutters who are normally sort of doing their very respectable office jobs descend upon Stonehenge dressed as wigwams and turn into the <laughs> Wizard of Prendergast or something. Um, and, Have you uh, ever enjoyed this uh, spectacle, Fiorella? <laughs> no, it is bonkers. Um, and so, because I grew up surrounded by this, the West Country is absolutely uh, a magnet. I was just thinking, you give us a very colourful description. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can should, should I be the the Crusade Channel's reporter one year um, because because yes. you've got Stonehenge, which is a huge magnet for all this. You've got um, the Avesbury Circle, right? Which is a series of old. It's a circle of old stones, and the Victorians tried to knock them over um, because they were pagan, and they accidentally crushed a dentist. Um, oh no! Yes, they're <laughs> cementing in all the pagan minds that this is you know you yeah. must ever move them. They left them. They left them alone after that. They they realised he was because a, a, a dentist went missing. Oh my goodness! And then later, when they righted the stones again, they found a skeleton and uh, was left of a skeleton and um, sort of scissors and you oh, know. Oh how awful! Yeah, yeah. So um, so there's there's Avesbury, then there's Glastonbury, which is in fact a great Catholic shrine. It is. It yeah. is also a major occult centre. So um, yeah. yeah. Very, very odd experience growing up Catholic in the West Country. Yes. Oh. Well, very interestingly, the other day in the news, I don't remember which news, I was reading that possibly Sutton Who ah, yes. is actually kind of historically and archaeologically, it's now believed a more important site than Stonehenge. Because yeah. they think there are very many more Viking burials as well as the ones that have been already unearthed. Yes, I've been reporting on this because, of course, there was the, the film The Dig came out yes, about the, the original. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful film. Um, but yes, yeah, since then they found what they think is a temple. There's all oh. sorts of things. So it might be that the um, the the interesting uh, gentleman in their interesting costumes might go there. <laughs> In future, and and leave the A three hundred three road clear for those of us who just want to go and visit our families. Thanks very much. Um, yes. But anyway, um, Philip, it looks to me that that's a lot of inflatables. Yes, Maggie, that is a lot of inflatables. Um, have you in fact been invaded? Have you been invaded by an army of inflatables? I and mean, that's a lot. I'm trying to count how many there are. I mean, all the snowmen and 
good grief. I mean, it's, it's quite menacing in, in some ways. What do you reckon, Sarah? I think this is an army. Uh, it does look like an army of inflatables. They don't look as if they would all fit into the house. And the question that's coming to mind is what happens when it gets windy? Gosh, could you, could you imagine a bit like the Wizard of Oz? They'll be they sort of floating around. <laughs> yes, or like in the cartoon of Up, are they going to sort of lift the house up or something? Oh, there's a thought, yes. <laughs> that, that would make an interesting sort of sequel to that one, wouldn't it? Um, yes. By the way, you know, the giant inflatable Santa that's been spooking me seriously, um, which I photographed the other day, it's gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, they, maybe they listened in. <laughs> well, no, I, th- no, I think what happened was, I, I think basically it's, it's someone's punctured it, I think. Um, ah. But from when you go down the road now, it looks as if, you know, um, Father Christmas sort of disapparated and just left his clothes behind. There's just this pile of red and white. <laughs> that, on the... that, that in itself is a little bit spooky, isn't it? It, it, is actually, it looks really sinister now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Philip, there you're taking good boy to, to see Father Christmas. There he is. Oh, that's, that's a lovely picture. Mm. There's a nice little slogan be- behind Father Christmas. Uh, yes, indeed. Jesus and one another. That's a very nice sentence. That's a beautiful one, yes. Um, Yes, Philip saying had to stop for the picture. Need an entry for the decoration contest. Um, breakfast with Santa at his school. Philip, I think you are currently in the lead as to the Christmas decoration contest. Just saying. Oh my um, gosh! Yes, yes. No one's going to compete with you on inflatables. <laughs> oh, Maggie, what a wonderful picture! Priests in um in cassocks ice skating. That is just perfect. Look at that. Um, and you know, there's a, f- a wonderful photograph of Don Bosco doing that. He's there in his beretta and um. Yes. Classic skating across a frozen lake, obviously very relaxed about it. Love that it. Is just beautiful. Yep. Um, I remember as a teenager going to a bowling alley with some monks and um, and playing on the table tennis and so on. And do you know there's there's a beautiful witness about religious who are actually wearing the religious habit, no matter what they're doing. It's yeah. that by itself is like a sign to the world. Mm. Yes, I do have yeah. a faith, and yes, I am committed to it. It's mm, just it's, that is there's something beautiful about it. Yes, I mean, there's, there's um, I think that's it for so many people, and I think this is particularly a problem in Britain because of the dissolution of the monasteries and things like that. Monks, mm. in particular, are seen as a historic thing. Yes. You know, you go to the, you go to National Trust um, run ruins, and to say, and the monks used to do this, and they did this, and they did that. It's all done in the present tense. Because, that was the story yeah. of my upbringing. I mean, I was not raised Catholic, as you know. I was raised Anglican. And mm. I honestly did not realise that monks actually existed. Yeah. Like, my understanding of monks is it was something that happened in the Middle Ages and then it was abolished by Henry VIII. Yes, and then that was the end of it. You know, we have such and a sort of Anglo-centric view of things. Mm-hmm. They would have done this and they would have done that. And I remember the first time going to Ampleforth Abbey, my eyes were just popping out of my head because I was remembering all these times with my father in all these ruins saying, well, you mm-hmm. see, you can imagine this is where the sanctuary was and they would have processed along here. My dad would be walking around telling me and I was just looking at it thinking, but they are, they're mm-hmm. actually processing, it's real. Yeah, they are. There's a cloister, and this, you know, and this is this is actually for. Well, in fact, yeah. Maggie is saying it's so important to wear their religious habits out in public. Absolutely, it is a witness in itself. It's a witness. Um, a priest I know said that because he um, he wears the cassock, and he said he was in Lourdes of all places, where you think 
religious wouldn't be that coy about wearing their um their habits. He said, yeah, he said all the priests and nuns they were all in mufti, and afterwards I said, you know, how how was it? He said, well, I was rushed off my feet. Yeah. But in a good way, because people recognised me as a priest. Yeah. So there was always someone coming up to me saying, oh, Father, can I talk to you? Oh, Father, will you hear my confession? Oh, Father, I need some advice. You know, and that was it. Because he looked like a priest, people came up to him to talk to him. Whereas the others in their open neck shirts had a really easy time of it. But there were all those people who probably they didn't help because they didn't know they were priests. So, well, yeah. Maybe people... they wanted it that way. Well, yes. As they were cynically. But, you know, well done for the, for the priest in the habit. Mm. Well, I was I was impressed, in fact, with uh, one of my very, very atheist lecturers on, when I was doing the medieval paper as a student, where you, know, you learned Chaucer and, and Gawain poet and all of that, um, saying, and he, he said right at the beginning, he said, I'm a, I'm a medievalist, but I'm an atheist. I don't actually, I said, I love the medieval period, but it, you know, it speaks to me, but I don't believe in any of this. Um, and at one point he said, look, it drives me crazy when I hear colleagues say there used to be seven sacraments, as if there aren't millions and millions of Catholics around the world for whom there are seven sacraments. Um, so, yes, I think that if some people get the message. This is not a historic thing. Um, it's Dr. Torres is in agreement, uh, Philip, too much, too many inflatables. Um, but please keep the pictures coming. But anyway, yes, tweet two, something very interesting found in a Christmas tree. Um, a family found a baby owl. Oh, nesting. adorable! <laughs> Somebody <laughs> needs to make that into a children's story, Fiorella. It just wants to be a children's story, doesn't it? It's in the US, um, in Kentucky, in fact. Oh. They'd and if they'd had this tree up for a few days by the time that it was discovered, and they had a man come in to clean their carpets in preparation for Christmas. Yeah. And when he switched the motor on, he he heard a rustling in the tree, and yeah. somebody thought maybe so. What's that? You know. So, and um, he. Uh, he said, went to investigate and he saw feathers and it retreated further into the branches of the tree. And eventually he was able to get it out. And he phoned up the family and said, you know, you've got a baby owl in residence. Oh, and, 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 and don't be silly. So he, he filmed it. And there's a little little film here of the baby owl. And then they released it back out into the wild. But, you know, uh, it strikes me that it must have been a very large tree. The, the Christmas tree I get from my house, it couldn't conceal any baby owl without me seeing it. It's a tiny owl, though. It's really small. Um, and they said the family were astonished. They said, you know, it's um, said, you know, we, we sit in that room all the time. We watch the television. We've got dogs. Um, oh gosh, that could have ended badly. Yeah, yeah we 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 we, we, the baby owl. <laughs> we we decorated the tree, um, but when they um when they sort of posted this story, they were inundated with messages from people saying that they have found the oddest things in their Christmas trees when they brought them in, including squirrels, <laughs> yeah, possums, and even bats. Oh, my goodness. I feel these people are having large Christmas trees because, you know. <laughs> um, yes, I'm just I'm sort of looking at the tree. It's, it's honestly not. It's, it fits in someone's sitting room. Yeah. It's not huge, but it's quite dense. I mean, the, the, the foliage is dense. Yeah, so, you know. maybe that's it. The dense <laughs> foliage. How we lovely. Are. I think that's a great story. Mm. Find a baby owl. I hope the baby owl was OK, though. Did it have a happy ending? Yes, he did. They, they, they let him out and he flew off perfectly happily. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think I would have let him stay. Um, 
but maybe then he would have become domesticated and they would have had to find him mice and things yeah. to eat, I don't know. Um, and it needed to be reunited with its parent or relative, you know. Yes, there may have been other other little owls about. Um, yeah. But the, the, uh, the mother said that she's she's very keen on, on um, needlework and she said she's going to she, she's going to make an owl ornament for the oh. christmas tree in honor of their little visitor um <laughs> denny sam saying in the chat room our pastor wears his clerics everywhere i've never seen him in street clothes no it, it is it's important i mean I, I don't see why i see why it's even an issue it's what, what you wear surely um Jacqueline says screech owls are tiny as adults we get them on our property yes if you um if you see that the photograph, it is really, really small in the, in the man's hand. So I, I can see how it sort of disappeared. Really <laughs> adorable, though. Um, yes. um, yeah, Mary's Dowry saying neither do our pastors wear street clothes. No, no, absolutely not. Um, it's 22 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria, and my wonderful guest, Sarah Taylor. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. And we are talking about a baby owl who was found nesting in a family's Christmas tree. And I want to ask the question, have you ever found anything living in your Christmas tree? Well, I did notice when I was at your house last weekend, Fiorella, that you have your Christmas tree up. So have you ever found anything interesting in there? never had anything i haven't said that i've never had anything in the tree but last year we were at my parents and we started hearing slightly odd fluttering pecking noises yes um inside the chimney breast oh and um it was difficult because my parents have a wood-burning stove so it's not like a normal open grate chimney where you could just you know reach up and try to get it out it's quite sort of, it's quite hemmed in so my husband had to prise open the whole stove unit and the rest of us stood there with a blanket because otherwise it might have panicked and flown all over the place yeah and this massive crow came flapping oh my out goodness. obviously very distressed in a complete panic oh um, my goodness do you think it had got down the top from the chimney on the rooftop yes i th see i think it was nesting Ah. At the top of the chimney, I think after the nest collapsed or something, and it, oh it fell down, and, and then couldn't couldn't find its way out again. Because of course, chimneys you don't think of it, but they're not straight up and down. They have all sorts of tubes. It can be a bit of a maze inside there. So yeah. if he if he fell down, he might have flown up the wrong bit or something, and, and oh, found he couldn't get up yeah. again. So it's, it must be really really frightening. Um, so they're quite frightening as well. I mean, that's not like a little robin or something. I think that would also freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> Flow flowing, flying out into the room. <laughs> well, we, I'm ashamed to admit we filmed it. We filmed the oh. rescue, but I never posted it because of the noise that came out of my mouth. When it uh. <laughs> I was expecting a little robin or something yeah. like that. This massive thing, and I went, ah! um, I know. And was, crows can actually be quite menacing, I think. They've yeah, got the very whole, large black beaks. Mm, I don't, <laughs> don't like crows at all. It had to be, and I love birds. It had to be one of my least favourite birds, was trapped oh, in there. But yeah. yes, we then had to sort of fan it out in, in, outside with the blanket and, and off it flew uh, without so much as a thank you very much um here, oh hang on um oh on the subject again of cassocks and um things jacqueline none of the sspx priests wear anything but full clerics i ha has two nervous order priests that i worked for uh, that also wore clerics yes it's very unusual in fact in this country for priests to wear mufti uh, i've 
Um, even the most liberal generally will wear. I only knew one priest who was a Franciscan who insisted on not wearing clericals. To be honest, that, you know, rightly or wrongly, I have that association in my mind. I word you just said liberal that we sort yes. of label it on things. But, but, but I do think that's the association of like, I guess very 1960s, a bit old fashioned now. Oh no, we're down with the people. That's mm. the sort of, um, that's what it brings to mind for me, you know. And I think, yeah, priesthood mm -hmm. is different, and people have a respect for the priesthood. Um, and so, yes, it is actually important to mm. recognise that. I think. Yeah, absolutely. To recognise that. Yeah, I, I'm. I absolutely, absolutely agree. And, and, and but it's, it seems to be more of a an issue, sort of liberal versus orthodox in other countries. I mean, in uh, this country, I literally, I, I can only, I can only think of one. I don't think it's a big issue, is it? No. Yeah, the chaplain at Cambridge wouldn't wear a um, wouldn't wear a um, clericals, but mm. he's the only one I knew who was like that. Um, yeah. And it tends to be also it goes with don't not not wanting to be called father either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, which always wound me up. Um, the thing is that I sort of understand, in a way, the idea of saying, you know, a priest is just a person the same as everybody else, because they are. But mm. the priesthood is is something special and sacred, regardless really? of the fact that the person is a person. <laughs> it's interesting because it's, it's in some ways it's a very arrogant statement, like a priest is a person like anyone else. Yes, we know that, Father, we know you are a man, you're not Superman. That, yeah. But, you know, it's your role we're interested in, by the way, your yeah. vocation. We're, we're not particularly interested in, you know, yes. the, you know, yeah. Right, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Misunderstanding of that, mm. absolutely. Um, mm. Dr. Torres, speaking of foul, I came across a story of a man in the UK who was arrested trying to protect his daughter from a violent goose. The man. Oh gosh, that also sounds like it should be in a book. Yeah, um, apparently the man grabbed the goose by the neck and was carrying it away. Ah. <laughs> Why would he be arrested? I tell you, I remember Canadian geese going after my niece once. I didn't grab one by the neck, but I certainly did kick at them to get out of the way, mean things. Yeah, I'm, geese I'm really very aggressive. Yes, I mean, because we have Canada geese um, down where my parents live, and yeah, they are aggressive. Um, oh. I've I've had some nasty moments. So, like swans, in fact, can, um, yes. can get... Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've shoved a few large birds out of the way before where I've, I've been worried i don't know what the context of that story is i've not heard about it if, have you got a link anywhere um i'd be curious to know what what on earth happened there i mean the uh, thing that's jumping out to me is carrying it away possibly if they were on a farm for example and he was carrying it off the farm property you know like off down the road mm. that would maybe be interpreted as he was stealing it <laughs> yes i suppose that's the that's the only thing i could think of everything you mm. know? Seek <laughs> um, saying spider nest in our tree. When it hit the warm air, they all hatched. Spiders everywhere. At the risk of forfeiting my man card, I admit it. I hate spiders. Seek, I'm with you 100% of the way with that. That is, I would rather have, well, not that you get possums in this country, I'd rather have virtually anything nesting in my tree than spiders. That's really, <laughs> really unpleasant. And uh, yes, in fact, I did hear a story once about. Um, a couple in, um, I think they were in Nevada, and they bought a cactus from a garden centre and brought it home. And they noticed it wiggle a bit, but they thought, oh, oh, don't be silly, it must have been over uh, out of imagination. Went to bed and woke up to find tarantulas everywhere. 
Oh, Skirella, that's your horror story. That is my worst nightmare. So, yes, no to cactuses from cacti from the Nevada desert. Thanks very much. Oh, Dr. Torres is asking, goose or was it a swan? Yes, swans are protected, which may make it a bit different. Philip's saying, my friend who's a priest always asks when we get together. I've always told him I'm fine either way. Sometimes they need a break. I've never, I'd never make him wear clericals on his day off either. Well, okay, that's a, maybe a priest wants to go hiking or skiing or something, and yeah, maybe they need a day off. <laughs> the awful thing is, um, it's interesting you saying sometimes they need a day off because my first instinct is to say, look, you never have a day off. It's like saying having a day off from being a parent. However, yes. um, a priest I'm, I know has said that when he goes on holiday, he tends to go on these sort of not quite package holidays, but he likes to go to adventurous places. So he goes with a tour. And he said he's got to the point now where um, he doesn't particularly want people to know he's a priest. He said the anti-Catholic vitriol is just unbearable. He spends the entire time uh-huh. on the receiving end of behaviour like that. And he said it's just got to the point now where he feels the only way he can get any kind of a break is if he isn't in clericals. But then... I don't know. It's easy enough for me to say, well, the vitriol will be there anyway. Yeah, uh, but it is very sad. And um, I suppose to an extent, you're sort of taking it for the team, particularly when you're a priest. Philip, you're right. Let's not judge. I mean, mm, yeah. we walked a mile in those shoes. Perhaps I can completely understand mm. someone needs I mean, a day off. <laughs> in this country, um, monks didn't traditionally wear their habits out of the abbey they'd wear a roman collar and they, they dress as, they dress as secular priests but they wouldn't dress in habits because of anti-clericalism because of the history um it was felt for their own safety um yeah. that they actually that they actually couldn't wear their habits but they, they always wore a sign that they were a priest though if they were yes, um, yes. but where did, where did you see the fox philip that's interesting. We've got a family of foxes living opposite us. They take anything they can. Maggie is saying, so this weekend, the King Dude and I started a project instead of the traditional Christmas tree that sheds and is a mess. We've decided to make a ladder tree with the nativity. The real reason for the season. Here are some images from the almost done project. Oh, how lovely, Maggie. What a nice idea. I haven't heard of it, but it sounds like a lovely idea. Well, no, I've never come across the ladder tree before, right? Oh, see, so this is where you work. You're trying to um, good luck coaxing a fox into your truck. Um, oh, I'm just looking at the bigger picture to get the concept of it. The ladder is ah, okay. Right. Literally, it's a uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, so you made two ladders and platform for me this weekend. I made all the miniatures that go with the activity scene. Okay. How um, lovely. Hmm. Um. In France and in Spain, there are traditions with these nativity scenes that you just make them very big and elaborate. And you add in all kind of things that were honestly never in Bethlehem <laughs> 2,000 we years ago. Well, we do this in Malta as well. Matter. It's like a beautiful extravaganza, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we do this in Malta. The, the Presepio is like, um, it, it's like a, a scene out of, I mean, you know, you, you start off in the middle, there's Mary and Joseph and the manger yeah. and, you know, baby jesus and the ox and the ass and the angel gabriel and then there are shepherds and then there are sheep and then there are women fishing and there are um yes, people you know, right. haggling in the market and 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 it's it's a huge thing and, and it was always a big it was a big part of life at the beginning of advent yes 
my father would make it with papier-mâché and then paint it and cover it with glitter and little bits of green and things. Um, complete artwork. And then every year when we went to Malta, we'd buy another little statue. That's lovely. Yeah. I love that as a tradition. My French in-laws have the same and they mm. buy more little statuettes every year. And they yeah. have statues of all the different French scouts, for example, yeah. in their scout uniforms. There yes. they are in Bethlehem, you know. <laughs> I, I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, you also have some of those contemporary characters and things yeah. like that. It's, um, no, it's, it's a lovely tradition, but uh, it mm. takes a bit of explaining. And it's quite funny because sometimes you realise um, that one year I told the children to lay out the pieces. Of course, their arms were a bit short. So um, Mary and Joseph never made it to the, to the stable. <laughs> they were sort of somewhere <laughs> on, the, on the outskirts they couldn't reach. Um, another yeah. year, my, my sister, who never had any artistic imagination in this, in this department, lined up all the sheep in one great big long row <laughs> it's, it's, it was a kind of a sheep traffic jam you know um but anyway uh, yeah what's the, um oh jacqueline's making the point that um i prefer to be called mrs by strangers and people i don't know well if you don't want to be called father don't be a priest well quite um maggie's saying i have no fingertips today because of the hot glue gun but happy with the results so far well done wow um, maggie it's really beautiful i love it yeah, no, I think it's a really lovely idea. Anyway, we've got to go for an ad break. You are listening to The Early Show. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. That's 844-527-8723. And the Crusader Stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. Do talk to us. Do join the conversation. We will return in just a moment here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Chipmunks, ready to sing your song? I'll say we are. Yeah, let's sing it now. Okay, Simon? Okay. Okay, Theodore? Okay. Okay, Alvin? Alvin? Alvin! and insomniacs and those of you catching the show's rebroadcast at midday for those of you just joining us you are listening to the early show with your hostess from across the pond Purella de maria and my wonderful guest sarah taylor our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723 that's 844-527-8723 and the crusader stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat do talk to me as you enjoy a hearty breakfast and it is that time of year again to have a merry and manly christmas 
to take part in the contest to buy tickets and get the chance to win one of over $5,000 worth of prizes. Go to crusadechannel.com forward slash Mary. Listen out for the science sound bite. I can't say sound bite. Have you noticed? Listen out for the sound bite and call <laughs> in. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast. Same day from crusademax.com. We've been talking about an owl found in a Christmas tree. Sarah, we, we thought it would be rather cute to have an owl in your Christmas tree. But listen... I've been looking up, I think you were doing the same, Sarah, I couldn't help noticing. I've been looking up this story. Dr. Torres in the chat room had mentioned that uh, a man was arrested for carrying away a goose that was attacking his children. And Dr. Torres has said in the chat room, I think the goose was actually a mute swan, which are apparently owned by the king should be brought up on charges for his unmarked mute swans attacking small children. Well, actually, I've looked up the story. A 35-year-old man was arrested for grabbing a swan by the neck and dragging it around a park, causing considerable distress to the to the swan who was flapping its wings and struggling to get free. He claimed when he was arrested that he was trying to protect his children, even though he had no children with him. Uh, you he see, appears, context is everything, yeah, as we said. Yeah. <laughs> He said he appears to have been drunk. A number of passers-by were screaming at him to let the bird go, and he wouldn't. He was very aggressive. And eventually, uh, a student who was filming him was able to persuade him through threats, I think, to let go. Um, the swan was in shock, had um, marks on its neck from being grabbed, uh, and struggled to get back in the water again. So this seems to be a case of simple, uh, a simple wildlife offence. Mm. Um, it's interfering with wildlife like that. That he would have been charged with animal cruelty there because they are a protected species. So I'm afraid no sympathy for this man. He only made up the story that his children were being attacked afterwards and omitted um, to notice. It's quite easy to find out if someone actually has children uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing that seems so clever when you're drunk yeah i was uh, noticing that we were being sung in by the chipmunks <laughs> yes it's okay owl chipmunks all right it's a bit of a owl stretch but okay yeah has anybody ever found one of those in a christmas tree i don't know <laughs> chipmunk where i mean chipmunks are native to north america aren't they we don't get them here yes. Um, they, they look very sweet. So they, they used to be able to get them as pets, uh, but I always thought it was a bit unkind because you had to keep them in a cage. And apparently they can't really be domesticated in the same way. They don't like being handled. Yeah, some animals are really not meant to be pets, are they? Neither swans nor chickens. Mm. Thanks. Yes. Um, and people do. There was a time when people used to eat swan as a sort of delicacy, but they're not eaten anymore because they are protected. Um, Philip is saying in the chat room, I joke with my friend wishing he could have joined a religious order because it would have been so much easier to call him brother rather than father. He insists in private. I just use his name considering we grew up together. Yes, I suppose that's a bit different, isn't it? Um, it's like, you know. My uncle's a priest. I call him uncle. I don't call him father. Um, and there's another priest in your family who's a, a very great friend of the family members for a long time. Yes. Um, I think, you know, when it's when it's somebody like that, yeah, so we've, we've got, you know, um, my husband's godfather has is, is always yeah. been Uncle uncle Simon, um, yes. not Father Simon. And he, he'd think it a bit weird, I think, if I didn't call him uncle. So, yes, but there's some situations where it's a bit different. Depends on the relationship, doesn't it? Um 
Jacqueline saying the Canon lawyer priest I worked for used to have to wear plain clothes when he was going to other countries to solve internal church issues because there were people who wanted to kill him. Well, but that was the yeah, only time well, you ever saw a matter of clerics. That's pretty watertight as a reason. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, yeah. I, I was just thinking, reading that comment, Jacqueline, that um, some three priests I know who belong to this group in, in the UK called the Faith Movement, they travelled to Myanmar um, for a sort of holiday undercover, whatever they were doing. They, they, were, they, didn't say, they, they said they were just going on holiday. I didn't ask anything else. And of course, they had to wear mufti because um, certainly at the time they were there. Um, Christianity was very much underground, but he said everyone knew they were priests. They just knew. They just yeah. he said people would just come up to them in hushed tones, say, "Father, will you hear my confession? Wow. Father, could you come and say priest, say say a mass at my house?" So they wow. knew. You know that actually moves me a lot because it it's really speaks of just the thirst for the sacraments. You know that the word has gone around like wildfire that there is a priest. Mm, yeah, I think I think that's it. It was yeah. very moving about that. I think. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, Twenty sixty seventy, Maggie. What a wonderful idea! Beautiful results. Um, Doctor Torres saying, "I'm going with the Festivus poll. Let the airing of grievances commence." Kidding. Lol. I have two trees. Okay, I don't yeah. know this tradition. I'm going to learn a new thing. The Festivus. Okay. Poll. <laughs> All right. Tell me more. Mary's dowry. Yes. Saying to Maggie, what an original idea. I've never seen anything like that before. It's beautiful. Um, Diddy Sam saying, I don't have a tree this year. I'm the only one in my house that would want one, so no help getting it in the house or getting the decorations down. I don't trust myself to climb a step stool. Balance is off. I will have a nativity, though. Love the ladder idea. Yeah, I think you might have started something here, Maggie. Um, yes, it's beautiful. And you don't have to climb high to do it. Which yes. is a good point. <laughs> Actually, not sure. As I didn't think the song was absolutely dreadful this time. It, it slightly surprised me. I'm sure I remember the chipmunks when we were children. Wasn't there a cartoon? Yeah, I was just looking it up. The chipmunks date all the way back to 1958. And you know they made that by... It's the classic technique of speeding up the voices. Yes. Well, because <laughs> we you used know, to play with those things when we were... In the 1990s, we had a, a language lab for recording yourself speaking French or whatever and playing it back. And we always mm. used to do that high speed voice thing. <laughs> well, you know, the, um, the man who voiced Sylvester the cat also voiced Daffy Duck. They just, they just speeded up his voice. No, I didn't know yeah, that. It's, it's exactly the same voice. And of course, it sounds higher as well because it's faster. Um, oh, Maggie saying my father was asking for a Festivus poll. What is a Festivus poll? Help I'm me just here. looking this up. Oh, you're looking, yes, yes. <laughs> you do the research. It's a secular holiday celebrated on December the 23rd as an alternative to the pressures and commercialism of the Christmas season. No, no, no <laughs> alternatives to Christmas. <laughs> there we are. That's the end of that. Newella um, <laughs> <yeah>. says no. Newella <laughs> has spoken. The case is closed. <laughs> yeah. It's still sort of saying just pops have grievances. Well, yes. Um, Mary's diary saying this is my first Christmas with a tree where I live. I'm in an apartment and, and live trees aren't allowed. A friend gave me a small artificial one this year. In years past, we always decorated at my parents. This is the first year without them. Oh, that's tough. I'm sorry. That's really hard. Um, Maggie say Pops always has grievances. Oh, there we are. <laughs> we, we all have a Pops like that. Um, 
Yes, I think it's less spare a thought for everyone who's having Christmas without family for the first time. Right. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be our first year. There was a, a couple who used to spend Christmas with us um, sometimes because their own children lived very far away. Um, and uh, he, he, Uncle Ray died earlier this year, so that's going to be a bit different, yeah. Um, it's always, you, 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 you notice that empty place at the table, don't you? Um, yes, Cuzzy saying special blessings to you this year, Mary's Dowry. Yeah. Um, oh, no, what's this? Philip is saying, my new favourite Christmas songs, thanks to the Amazon commercial. Did you have the same Amazon advert in the States that we had over here, the three old ladies sledging? It was really sweet. Um Dr. Torres, he used children as an excuse and didn't have any scumbag, Canim, Singapore style. It's, we always have to go from one extreme to the other, really, don't we? Just, um, I mean, he, he's, looking, he's looking at a fairly serious fine. Um, if, he is, if he's found guilty of um, assaulting wildlife, I mean, you can have, I mean, if you kill a swan, you're looking at a £5,000 fine. Um, so I don't, I don't know what the what the penalty will be and if he's homeless he probably won't be able to pay a fine so i don't know quite what will happen to him but you know uh, i'm glad he's being prosecuted and cruelty to animals which is you know wrong by itself but also mm. it's often the thin edge the thin end of the wedge mm. somebody who behaves like that to an animal will also behave like that to a child and will also behave like that to an adult and yeah, yeah that's always it's my good, it's good to to come down hard i think no, I mean, when, when I was a child, I, I once saw um, a man I had some reason to trust beating a dog, and I never entirely trusted him after that. No, and you were right. You know, you know, yeah. um, it's true. Um, Denise M, want a plane that loops the loop. Didn't know the words when I was a kid. Chipmunks are hard to understand. <laughs> I couldn't understand a single word they were singing, Denise. It's not so a single so word. cute, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice, their voices. In fact, um, in fact, Nicholas still sounds slightly like that with his braces, but um, uh, he'll get used to it. But, you yeah. know, he, he got into slight trouble this morning, by the way, because um, there was a, a girl annoying him and he showed her, he, he took his brace out of his mouth and freaked her out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, new, a new tactic. Yes, this is going to be a microaggression now, removing your brace from your mouth, you know, unsolicited. <laughs> um, uh, Maggie saying, "Okay, it's, it's from it's from a sitcom, Happy Festivus, the holiday for the rest of us. Oh, it's fun. Okay, <laughs> yes, for the yes, it's from Seinfeld. Uh, I don't, we don't have that comedy over here. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Um, oh, Mary Sarah said we have swans here in Ottawa, given to us by Queen Elizabeth II. They are beautiful creatures, swans, um, but you don't want to annoy them. Um, no, don't go near their nest." Yes, um, and don't make eye contact with them. Mm. Yeah, that's what we're talking because when Nicholas reversed his kayak into a swan, oh yes, uh, as only he would do, um, <laughs> he was he was told by the coach from the bank, "Don't look it in the eye, son." Um, no. But he said that they do really want to look at you. Um, yeah. It was it was really really quite frightening. If you're actually on the river, it's uh, oh, you're, you're yes, quite vulnerable. Oh yes, then at, at level with the swan. Um, Dr. Torres, I'm not repeating that comment on a Christmas themed show okay um <laughs> i had something i had something light-hearted to add to the conversation it's gone completely oh yes of course because it's also national twins day and my father is an identical twin um and his twin is a priest he's the priest i call one of the priests i call uncle oh hooray well shout out to your father yes. on national twins day and your uncle yes. indeed and they are absolutely identical 
they yes, look and sound I, the same. I have seen them both together. It was at uh, at my godson's baptism, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and it's funny because you see the, uh, the little children looking really confused. Yes. Um, <laughs> One's in clericals and one is not. <laughs> yes, so, so they mark them apart. Yeah, clericals um, are very important in this scenario. <laughs> well, absolutely, yes. It's you know just just colour code them. You know, um, <laughs> Philip saying as a kid I went to high school with Kilda Swan once, got in very big trouble. Oh yes, I should think so. Um, no, it's 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 serious, and also it's important. You know, when children and young people that they. You know they are aware of the need to respect wildlife and respect the world around them. Um, I mean, we have slightly arcane rules here, but they do make sense. Where, for example, if you run over um, a pheasant or a deer or something like that, you can't take it with you because it no. counts as poaching. Because they don't want to encourage motorists to deliberately run into things they might make take lunch out of. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so occasionally we used to get because of course in the countryside you get a lot of a lot of wildlife and you, you do get a lot of road, roadkill unfortunately every so often you'd have a situation where there'd be a car pulled over the side of the road and they'd, they'd wave and say um i'm really sorry I, I ran over a pheasant back there do you want it because oh. someone else you know, it's fresh because someone else, could, else take it. could take it yeah and That's in some ways you know yeah you sort of think really but uh but in fact that there was some sense to that because you don't want to encourage people to be killing um killing animals uh, i unfortunately had um a collision with a badger last year oh. it was it was really unfortunate i slowed right down mm. i gave it every chance but it just carried on lumbering right in front of my car and it ended up under the front wheel. Yeah, uh, it's a horrible feeling that. Oh, it was. Yeah. Well, I, I had a very nasty moment this morning because I always drive to the ice rink in the dark, particularly at this time of year. Um, and I was driving along, and a black cat jumped out. Oh dear! And yeah. I could barely see it. I could just see something moving in the headlights, and yeah. I slammed the brake on, and it just about got out of the way in time. But I, I live in dread of killing someone's pet. I just think that would be the worst, you know. That's true. Yeah. There's, if there's something mm. worse than a badger, it would be someone's pet. Yeah. But no, but Love you know, you feel, you, you naturally feel terrible. Oh, there we are, Maggie. Those are your twins. Happy Twins Day to your twins. Ah, lovely. There we are. That's yeah. a beautiful. That's a lovely picture. They look so happy. That's really nice. Yes, lovely picture. Um, Philip, so Dr. Torres is morphing into Inspector Javert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, watch yourself. I, I'll, I'll always argue the case for mercy. Okay, I'll be, I'll be Jean Valjean, shall I? Um, he's going to chase someone around the world when all they did was steal some bread. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the whole of Paris under lockdown. <laughs> I remember it trying to explain the story to my younger sister once, just giving her like a synopsis of Les Miserables. And when I got to the bit about Javert and I said, and he decides to dedicate the rest of his life to chasing down this man who stole a loaf of bread <laughs> And had already spent like, 15 years with the chain gangs, yeah. Yes, my sister was like, what? He doesn't yeah. have a very interesting life, does he? Yeah, there wasn't you know, a tiny bit of revolution fermenting in the, in the you know, alleyways yeah. of Paris or anything like that. Yeah. Well, 
Listen, I have, well, first of all, it is coming up to the top of the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with Fiorella de Maria and Sarah Taylor. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. And it's that time of year to have a merry and manly Christmas. To take part in the contest, to get your tickets and get the chance to win one of over $5,000 worth of prizes. Go to crusadechannel.com forward slash Mary. Listen out for the sound bite. I said it right. And call yes. in. While I have your attention, let me draw your attention to something that's happening later in the week. I am swapping shows this week with the South Africans. Um, I will be doing Thursday. They will be doing Wednesday because poor old Francesca has to have two more teeth out and mm. requires me to hold her hand. So um, if you can spare a little prayer on Wednesday morning when... I'm not on air, and I shall see you on the Thursday, just to flag that up in advance. Um, Louise saying, happy Twins Day. Dr. Tora saying, I want my pound of flesh. Look, it didn't end well for Shylock, did it? Um, From Javert to Shylock. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, OK, there's an article on the BBC about Christmas traditions and how they divide people. And I'm curious to know. Now, some of these, I think, are just so British. I don't think anyone in, in the US has ever had the time to argue about this. But apparently it is quite, um, <clears throat> it's quite controversial whether one has Yorkshire pudding at the Christmas dinner. Oh, I can, yes, I, I can appreciate that, actually. And um, we do have this old kind of rivalry, don't we, between the red rose and the white rose? <laughs> we do. And traditionally, Yorkshire pudding was only served, A, in Yorkshire at Christmas, but also only served with beef, not yes. with turkey or poultry. That is the tradition in my family. To be honest, we would only serve yorkshire pudding with beef you would not serve yorkshire pudding with turkey but i think in the interests of international diplomacy if someone were to serve me a yorkshire pudding with my turkey you know i'd just quietly eat it and think mm -hmm. when in home <laughs> one goes along with it <laughs> well exactly i mean it's, it's like battles. <laughs> it's like should you have hash browns with your full english breakfast you know, I don't care. <laughs> with or without, it's absolutely fine with me. I don't think this is going to cause a rupture in the family. But <laughs> perhaps more to the point, when should Christmas decorations be put up and taken down? This varies hugely from country to country and tradition to tradition. And um, family to family and person mm. to person. Yes, my tree's not going up until Friday. Because I want to leave it up for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, according to this article, um, some people do not put the tree up until Christmas Eve. Um, that probably dates back to when people used candles. You know, you probably limited the amount of time you, you lit something highly combustible. Yes, possibly. And also my dad used to always insist on not putting anything up until Christmas Eve. And he was actually a stickler for, you know, the liturgical tradition and living the liturgy. And when I was a child, I hated it and I rebelled against it. But mm. now I sort of love that. And I'm more of his way of thinking that it makes it separates Advent and Christmas more, you know, as, as separate seasons. Mm. Anyway, I, I sort of have an appreciation for that now. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting an incredibly rude response years ago when I was a student, when I invited a friend to um, a Christmas party um, early in December. 
and I got a one word response. Haven't you considered celebrating Advent first? Mm. And uh, that that was literally the response to the invitation. And okay, the yes. friend the friend friend with whom I had organised the party refused to have this person at any party of ours ever again. Well, um, yes, as we've said, we pick our battles. <laughs> Exactly, yes. Um, is this a hill you want to die on? <laughs> yes, this is probably not the one I wish to lose friends with. But yeah. um, yes. But in Italy, the 8th of December is the ah, pilgrimage. The Immaculate Conception, on. that makes yeah. sense, yes. Absolutely, that it was the, the fact that the, the Immaculate Conception is so significant that many Italians switch on Christmas lights. In fact, in Rome, the Christmas lights are switched on on December the 8th. Mm, that's lovely also, yes. Mm. In Lyon, they have a lovely tradition. There's a large basilica, the Basilica of Fouvière. It's on a cliff top overlooking the city of Lyon. And they do something on December the 8th as well. They light it all up and they have in lights, it spells out Merci Marie. Thank you. Oh, Mary. that is and so it, beautiful. It lights up across the city. Yeah, really beautiful. Yeah. That is really lovely. Um, apparently, there is um, a greater consensus about when you sh should take down decorations. Um, most people um, do not leave them up later than uh, Epiphany. Yeah, true, because the tree starts losing its needles after Epiphany, sadly. Mm -hmm. And then one has the hoover out too many times and one has to give up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I haven't had a real tree for quite some time. At least we haven't had the spiders hatching. Um, and, you know, yeah. I, find it slight, I find it slightly disturbing in the chat room. You've got Dolce Torres saying, I want my pound of flesh. And then Philip saying, prime rib with Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> ah! I know the most awful image came to mind then. <laughs> Sorry. Who's <laughs> rib? <laughs> <laughs> Who's rib? I'm sure you were not referring to cannibalism, Philip. It's just a fortunate uh, ordering of comments. Yes, prime rib with Yorkshire pudding sounds fantastic. Yorkshire, and any meat with Yorkshire pudding is pretty fantastic, to be honest. Um, Lady Bell beef. beef. Mm, yeah, yeah. it should be beef, shouldn't it? Yes, roast beef, yeah. Um, roast beef. Um, Lady Bellamine said, in our family, we had some problems because my husband's family does not eat meat on Christmas Eve. It's the seven fishes. Um, my family did not follow that, so there was a little bit of an issue our first Christmas Eve together. Yes, yeah. I think that's a Polish tradition. I don't know if it's elsewhere mm. as well, but in Poland they have fish for Christmas Eve. For us, it's very odd to have fish because fish is penitential. Fish is for Fridays and Lent and things. Mm. So to have that for Christmas to us is a bit odd. Mm. I'm sure a Polish friend said once, Cesare, tell me if I'm right about this, that they used to get a live carp and they'd oh have it gosh. in the bathtub and wow. then the father would kill it and, you know, gut it and everything and then they'd, then they'd cook it. And uh, she, she found it quite traumatic as a child. Um, but in fact, having your, your Christmas fair arrive alive was not that unusual until fairly recently. Um, my father talked about the turkey arriving, clucking about in the yard. And being yes, quite frightened had, of it. We had a turkey one year which we had um, lived with. Uh, we'd been next door neighbours with. And, um, oh, and I was saying, well, I think it had a happy life. I can taste, you know, <laughs> it tastes very healthy. <laughs> we literally um, know where it came from. <laughs> see, you're saying my dad was a twin. He and his brother did everything in life together. My uncle is still alive, 92 in Florida. Oh, wow, it's 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 incredible. I, I can't imagine what it would be like. It must be, it must be such an incredible bond. Um, 
funnily enough, because my daughter was playing Tweedledee in the in Alice in Wonderland. She and another skater were made up to look like identical twins. And, you know, they looked exactly the same. They did. They made them look exactly the same. The only way you could tell what them apart was that one of them had much longer plaits. Yes. And that was um, your Yeah. But they, they picked two very well-matched girls and skaters, yeah. I think. Similar height, similar colouring, um, and then they just did the rest with makeup. It was incredible. Yes. Um, yeah, um, Dr. Stora saying, start putting up decorations after Thanksgiving, leave it up until January the 7th. Yeah, Chicken Lady saying, same here. Um, Chicken Lady also saying, outside decorations come down according to the weather. Do you know someone cut the cable on my outside decorations last year? Oh, no. I thought perhaps it was an animal chewed it, but it was too clean. Oh, gosh. A joyless person Sabotage. did that. Yeah. Same um, person's going to go and loosen all those um, inflatables. <laughs> well, I did I did wonder whether someone got spooked by that giant inflatable and went and punctured it with a pin or something. I'm looking um, it back at Philip's garden. <laughs> the <laughs> gets there. <laughs> yeah. um, Carter Glaude, good morning, everyone. Today's the anniversary of my father's death. It's been 13 years, but I still feel the pain of his loss. Oh. If you can, please say a prayer for the repose of his soul. Of course, um, absolutely. And Denise, I'm saying the same. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big loss, a loss of a parent, you know. Um, Louise saying, when I was a child, we put up a cedar tree on Christmas Eve and took it down on January the 7th. Uh, what is the significance of the cedar tree? Um, um, oh, so just very yes. fragrant. Okay. But also, there's an Old Testament reference. Hmm, it'll come to me. That a cedar is is significant in scripture. Yeah. Um, Philip, saying, I'm still seeing Halloween decorations. A few of them just put Santa hats on their skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that really is um, sinister. Yeah. <laughs> um, mind you, my children were contemplating watching A Nightmare Before Christmas um, the other the other night. I'm not sure. I think it's just a bit too creepy. Doctor okay, saying, sorry, the cedar, yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah 41. I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive. <laughs> there we are. Okay. So I, I should have you as a sort of research assistant for the show, you know. Um, well, I just asked Mr. Google. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. No product placement here. Thank you. Um, Dr. Torres saying, I could not imagine Christmas dinner without ham, cornbread dressing, candied sweet taters and cranberry sauce. OK, so what does everyone have on their plate at Christmas dinner then? We have hmm. turkey. Pigs in blankets, parsnips, carrots, roast potatoes, spiced red cabbage, Brussels sprouts and bits of ham, bits of bacon. Um, is that everything? Yeah. Ditto, that's it. Some people have white sauce or bread sauce. Yes, we have bread sauce. It's a bit of a faff to make. Yeah. And then for pudding, Christmas pudding. Of Proper course. nice round Christmas pudding <laughs> soaked in alcohol, soaked in brandy, set fire to. Um, and yeah. then um, then you blow it out before it burns off all the alcohol and serve it with brandy butter. You have to really drown it in alcohol to get a good flame going, don't oh, you? Yeah. And then we wonder why we're so um, sluggish on Christmas <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> well, we started a fire one Christmas, but it wasn't with the Christmas pudding. It was the Advent wreath, so that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Um, then. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I'm quite careful We're with, done our with Advent the Advent wreath by then. <laughs> yeah. Erin um, um, Akeem was saying fasting and abstinence on Christmas Eve. 
So we have um, a seafood bisque for dinner, Christmas Eve. Oh, I see. Okay, right. so that's what the seafood. Right, got you. Got it. Yes, right. the last, the last sort of shout out to the fish and the fasting. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, Louise saying, "Parter, God, God grants him eternal and gentle repose." And Chicken Lady saying, "We never stop missing our loved ones. Be assured of my prayers." Um, Ashley saying, "That's beautiful." Um, I just saw the picture of what you did with the ladders. It is a really lovely idea. I'm I'm really interested, really taken by it. Um, Chicken Lady saying, "This year having turkey, potatoes, gravy. Oh, so there will be gravy as well. I'm not a gravy person myself, but there will be gravy." Um, by the way, after we've had the Christmas pudding, this this is why you know you wonder why everyone's a bit a bit woozy. <laughs> There's also ginger wine, mulled wine, um, Christmas wine. cake. Is that, a, is that a family tradition in your family? Theology? My husband's my husband's family. I'd I, never come across it before I met my husband. I um, haven't ever come across it, but that's an interesting. It's interesting how each family has their own little twist. Yes, um, <laughs> mulled wine. Um, and again, mulled wine is not something I grew up with. My parents would have thought it barbarous to heat up wine, heat red wine, and, and stuff spices and things in it. I mean, why on earth? What sort of person would do that, darling? Um, and um, and then, of course, later on, you have the Christmas tea with Christmas cake and minced pies. Ours uh, just tends to all morph into one long meal. Um. Yeah, well, watch, the, watch the King's Speech at yeah. three, assuming we're awake. The King's um, Speech is normally coming between courses, I think. Yes, <laughs> it's usually between, <laughs> between the, um, the savoury and the sweet. <laughs> yes. Um, there we are. Erin um, um, Akima saying, um, the liturgy switches its focus on December 17th when the great O antiphons are said at Vespers, anticipating the nativity. Thus we do... Do not start decorating until the 17th or as close as possible. Yesterday was Christmas tree day. We sing Veni, Veni, Emmanuel every evening until Christmas Eve. We sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel during oh, Lent. Lovely. I love the O. I love that we're into the O antiphons. Um, I don't put my tree up in sync with the O antiphons, but I love this this last part of Advent. Yes, it's beautiful. Mm. Um, Maggie saying while making the miniatures I was thinking how awesome it would have been to do this with our children when they were young gluing and painting and adding moss I really enjoyed it mm. Yeah, that's that's something I just really really associate with childhood was the building of the presepio. Um we don't do it I and mean, we have a crib but I just I have no artistic skills whatsoever I, I don't know what it would come out looking like but it would it would not be anything you'd want to have in your front room um but my parents fortunately still do that and Francesca yeah. painted a big a big sort of skyline backdrop for it last year I was just thinking years ago. It's more of your daughter's line as yeah <laughs> things <laughs> yeah absolutely um I'm happy with the cooking but yes mm. um Denise um, Denise um, saying, Turkey is my favourite. We didn't have it on Thanksgiving, so it's a definite for Christmas. Me too, right. Denise. <laughs> uh, Maggie saying, um, absolutely part of God. He will be in my daily rosary. Mm. Um, Dr. Torres, everyone should do a three-day fast this time of year. Give your body a reboot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's interesting. When we follow the, um, the, the, the church's year, it's good for us <laughs> in mm -hmm. every way. Um, Ashley saying Vianne and Kieran and Julian would love to do that with you, Maggie. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Fiorel Fast, what is mulled wine? Aha! Oh, do you not have it over there? <laughs> <That's> interesting. <laughs> right, so what do you say? You, you add, you have red wine. 
you can have any cheap plonk because um it, of what you do to it you add brandy. Adulterated. yeah <laughs> you add brandy you add spices um cloves particularly um you um you put a big floating orange yeah cloves in. bay leaves cinnamon nutmeg yeah um, a stick of a cinnamon stick yes um and you also you, cinnamon sticks you put a cross shape uh, of cloves into the orange yes and float it in. yeah so yeah. it releases and then the, the flavors all of it into a saucepan and you heat it all up it yeah. sounds like a barbaric thing to do with red wine if one is from the Mediterranean, but that's what English people do with it. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we really took to it. And you could also have mulled cider because from the coming from the West Country, everything is yeah. cider. Um, and so it gives you this really fragrant hot drink and it's more healthy, I was reading, it's more healthy than something or other. Uh, mm, I think it's more healthy than like a really sugary hot chocolate or something. Yeah. You know, it does have healthy things in it. Yeah. And it's also quite alcoholic, although some of the alcohol evaporates, I think. Yeah. Um, Louise is saying country ham, biscuits, collard greens, oyster dressing, fried oysters, fruitcake, and eggnog. That is Christmas dinner. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, Hang on a second. No, I've just completely re, re, uh, misread the message. Um, I can't imagine oysters for Christmas dinner, but that's an interesting oh, take on. In France, that's the traditional Christmas meal, oysters. Uh, and of course, the Cajun influence. To oysters. Oh, no. <laughs> but this is no loss. You know, it's all the more for the French and we'll stick with our turkey. <laughs> well, in fact, speaking of ginger wine... Um, it's strictly for the grown-ups because one of my older children is allergic to ginger. So, um, so yes, doesn't, doesn't give. Um, well, um, Dr. Torres saying three days of fasting, water only, some prayer and reading. That would do awful things to my glucose levels. Um, I actually, I actually can't do. Uh, I can't do complete fasting. Mm. Um, what's this? Oh, that is beautiful. Is that your? Um, what mass is that, Ashley? That's lovely. Um, good morning, Jaffo Jeff. Maggie. Aha, there we are. So oh, okay, that's beautiful. Right. Um, Maggie, yes, that's, I have to say that's not at all what my mulled wine looks like. But yes, that's all the stuff you get in it. All, all those oh, ingredients. Yeah, stick that one, yes. <laughs> yes, so you just filter it out. Yes, okay. There's Ashley saying the rotted chili mass. On Saturday, cloves. To heal militia cloves. How would you say cloves? Maggie said it looks pretty, but I don't know about consuming it. Um, you, you wouldn't consume it with all that stuff in the glass. I, I'm really confused by that picture. Um, you'd filter it. It looks um, bad as though you're going to drink it through the cinnamon stick, which yeah. is an interesting <laughs> experience. No, you, you, um, you, you definitely, you definitely sort of, we, we usually use a ladle. Um, yeah. to lay of glasses and it, it is absolutely delicious and it is the taste of winter it really mm. is um cloves there we are um part of God, uh, we just made plans for christmas dinner a couple of days ago i put my vote in for pork roast and rice dressing and my favorite green beans wrapped in bacon i have never had green beans in, in bacon have you done that before no, but it's interesting. It sounds like a more healthy version of, of pigs in blankets, which is sausage yeah. and bacon, double pork. 
Yes, I've always thought that um, Pigs in Blankets was a bit unkind, really, as a, as a title. It's Pigs Wrapped in Pig. Poor pigs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, it just feels like an insult. Um, Paul Seasing had a visitor from Sweden here last week, and she said they drink glog. Sounds like German Glühwein or the mulled wine you're describing. Yes, I'm sure mulled... Actually, no, mulled wine is quite an old drink. I think it goes back to medieval times. Yes, it's um, very old and traditional. There's grog, you know, G-R-O-G, and it's um, it's also alcohol heated, but it's not wine, it's a spirit. I thought that was what they used to give sailors. Yes, that's right. So um, I, I tried it in France, funnily enough. It was on the menu somewhere. I don't think it's traditionally French. Grog. It's, um, I'm trying to think which spirit it is, but it's one of the spirits. I wonder said. if it's rum. If it's, yes, if it's, um, it if it's a rum, I think label warm thing. rum. And then yeah. it's got things added, maybe honey and a few other things. Yeah. But I'm sure some mulled wine, glue vine, I'm sure there's, they've got a common root. They're, they all feel very similar. It's probably the Vikings brought this tradition over. <laughs> oh, Kai Postman Borada. Thank you. Um, gosh. Um, no, Kazi67 also praying for your father, Partoglod. Um, just keeping an eye on the time with us chatting away. Jacqueline, what is it? Oh, bunnies. Lovely bunnies. Pictures of uh, anyone want a fuzzy bunny for Christmas? Oh, cute, Jacqueline. <laughs> I would love a fuzzy bunny for Christmas, but I'm afraid I'm a bit far away. Um, Partoglod is saying the Rorate uh, Mass is my favourite Mass to offer next to Midnight Mass. I offered one early Saturday morning. The church was beautiful with the lights off and candles lit. Mm. Um, oh, yes, apple cider, Dr. Rorate is saying, is also the taste of Christmas. Yes, mulled cider, definitely. <clears throat> I like the music for the Rorate. Rorate, Celli, De Super, Nubes, Fruvantiustum. It's, it's beautiful, that Advent music. Yeah. yeah I well, bet they had it at the Mass. <laughs> I love that we were talking about Mass and bacon. Um, but yeah. I, was, I, was say, I was saying to Sarah before we went on air, I found it, so, am I the only person who found it darkly ironic that it's National Arabic Language Day and National Cook a Suckling Pig Day? I don't know why the two things just do not feel like they go together at all. They were um, in Congress, yes. That, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a you know, bad association or something. Yes, but Cutty 67, bacon makes, makes things better, many mm. things better. Asparagus wrapped in bacon, well... Um, Brussels, um, sorry, it's Brussels sprouts roasted with bacon. Yes, we have Brussels sprouts with bits of bacon, which is the only thing that makes Brussels sprouts worth eating. Delicious. I love it. I love bacon. Uh, here we are, grog. Philip has put a definition. A term used for a variety of alcoholic beverages. Um, yes, rum and it's, it's got a rum base. I thought it did. Rum, yes. okay, yes. Yeah, yeah chicken you go ho and a bottle of rum. You said about sailors. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do you know, my uncle told me recently that because my, my grandfather was a sailor, um, but he didn't drink unusually. He smoked very heavily, but ah, he didn't drink. So he used to, um, he'd bring back bottles of rum because he never wanted his rum tot. They, they all got, in the British Navy, they all got their tot of rum. Yes. Um, so they, they collected it for him. And he'd come home with a bottle and give it to his relatives. So he um, just took it home as a souvenir present. That's yeah. very sweet of him. Yeah. Um, Dr. Torres, because um, they probably weren't allowed to give it to other sailors because they didn't want them getting drunk. Yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I like to, to see Brussels sprouts roasted with lots of bacon. Lady it's Bellamy, about how you cook them. The way to not cook them is boil them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> The smell is unbearable. Um, Lady Bellarmine is saying, my family would put the Christmas tree up some time after, um, is this Laudate? 
Gaudete Sunday. Um, usually around the 18th or so of December, we leave much of the Christmas decorations up until Candlemas. Not everything, and often the tree comes down sometime after Epiphany, but that's our family's tradition. Um, so it's already just scotch, neat. Yes, scotch can sort of cover up a lot of ills as well, I suspect. It's a bit rough for me. I understand it, but some yeah. people love it. <laughs> well, I, as I have said before, my first experience of whiskey and soda was in the company of Mike Church. Um, oh, was Joseph, it? Joseph Pierce yeah. poured it for me. Um, he, were, he went easy on the whiskey and very generous with the soda. I could just about cope with it. Um, Cuzzy 67 time flies on this show. Such a nice time, of course. And it is almost time to say goodbye. So um, let's just wrap up. I think, no. Um, tell, them, Torres, tell them how bubbly you I became thought, after the whiskey. I thought we weren't doing crosstalk. We're not. <laughs> you mentioned my name. I had the right to counter. I had the right to counter. I don't think I was tiddly. I wasn't nearly as tiddly as Ferdy was, as I recall. You uh, you accused me of uh, being a gateway to hard liquor. You are. But I did say it was Joseph <laughs> Pierce who poured it. It was Joseph Pierce was, who poured it. Oh, it was for my me. idea, but Pierce who, yeah. who actually did the deed. Yes. He did the deed. Yes. Um, it was it was it was, it was a good introduction. You, I, have, I have very fond memories of that evening. Do you know, in the sixties, you know what the most popular drink was in most British pubs? Beer. Scotch and Coke. Scotch and Coke? Disgusting. Oh, what happened? <laughs> uh, sanity returned. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, rum and Coke I've had. Um, and Malibu and Coke. So there was an interview with one of the, uh, the, the brothers give, the Bee Gees, Morris, and he was asked, when did you have your first? Because he had a drinking problem. When did you have your first drink? He goes, I was I was 19. And I remember it well. And he said, well, where was it? And who gave it to you? He goes, John Lennon gave it to me. And he said, what was it? And he said, it was a scotch and coke. It was absolutely disgusting. Uh, oh. oh, dear. Yeah. You do wonder some of these really odd combinations. Like, who thought that was a good idea? Okay, um, when you were talking about mold wine, Maggie was going, yeah. mold wine? Like, I said, I don't think it's spelled M-O-L-D. I said, I think it's M-O-U-L-L-E-D. <laughs> like, mold wine. It's wine, they throw a bunch of mold. stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. As in mold over, you know? Mold over. <laughs> yes, you mull over things. So you add stuff to it. Yeah, and, 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 but you, you cook it. And yeah. I have never heard in 42 years of being a very successful functioning alcoholic, I have <laughs> never heard of ginger wine. No, it's great because it's actually the same strength as normal wine, but because of the ginger kick, it feels so powerful. Now, we drink ginger beer. That's completely different. Okay, so ginger beer is what you use to make a, a concoction called a Kentucky Mule. You, you take whiskey or bourbon. You take bourbon, whiskey, uh, sugar water, uh, simple syrup as we call it, um, a little bit of bitters. Are you familiar with Peychaud's bitters? No. You've never had bitters? No. Sarah, you've never had bitters? They're no. You could probably get them at a decent liquor store. So bitters are they are actually made, the, the same guy, the same family has been making bitters since the 1820s. Wow. It's a French family, Peychaud, P-E-Y-C-H-A-U-D. Okay. -E and it's from a root. I, I can't remember which root it's from, but it's from a root. 
Uh, it's very it's very strong and pungent. So you do that, bourbon, simple syrup, and then ginger beer and bamo. You have a Kentucky mule. Or if you use I scotch, in your case, you could call it an Edinburgh mule. I think... Our understanding of ginger beer is different to yours. Ginger beer here is not alcoholic. No, ginger beer here is not alcoholic either. Okay, because you have ginger beer and ginger ale. No, no, the, I call it ginger beer, but you can use ginger ale. Ginger beer is very, if it has any alcohol in it at all, yeah, just a little bit. It may be like uh, 1% ABV, alcohol by volume, but not a lot. Okay. Okay, I'm seeing highly functioning drunk in the chat room. Yes. <laughs> HFD. Okay. Yes, yes, uh, and I'm in really good company with the uh, with the guy that's doing the description with Cesare, <laughs> 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 who is a extraordinary highly functioning drunk. Yeah, it's really funny. Hey, listen, I have got to show you something very quick. Let me see if I can get this into the chat room. I couldn't get my daughter's double axle into the chat room, which was really annoying. But I came across this photograph this morning. I have just got to share it because it's so funny. Hang on. Keep talking, everyone. Now I'm so waiting, now I'm waiting, waiting. For, the, for, the, for the photograph. Now I'm waiting on pins and needles. Okay, hang on a second then. It's just coming. Where, where yeah, did that idiom I mean, come from? Who in the world would wait on pins and needles? It's not a British idiom. I've never come across it. You've never heard? Oh, waiting on pins no. and needles. Really? Waiting with bated breath. Or we um, wait from the edge of our seat. <laughs> and even um, that one, why would you wait with bated breath? What's your breath, oh, you what's know, your breath baited with? Oh, no, it's gone, it's, gone, it's gone into the private chat instead of the... Um, <laughs> uh, so the, the picture's gone into the private chat. I can't get it into the public chat. Uh, send it to Maggie. She'll post it for you. I, I've just sent it accidentally to to Maggie privately, so maybe she can post it. Oh, okay. So we were we we we, we were busy making uh, handmade Christmas uh, decorations this year. Uh huh. How lovely. Well, you Completely did, uh, handmade. Uh, uh, well, I, I, did you see? I think I, I think Maggie put a picture of them. Yeah, in I saw that. The, I've never seen that before. The nativity yeah. ladder thing before. The uh, the blanket ladder has no nails. There's nothing but wood that's holding that thing together. Oh wow! Did did you make it? I did. Wow! I did. That's it's carpentry. It was. It was. Uh, it was a feat of carpentry skill, and I spent three hours on Saturday trying to figure out how I'm going to put the two together so they don't fall apart. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Who, all right. Well, I've, got, who, I've got that. I've got that in the chat room. That is my. That is my youngest when she was two. It's still my favorite toddler picture ever. It just it flashed up on my social media this morning as a memory. She, oh, is that a Christmas bib? <laughs> she she was unimpressed by Father Christmas's appearance. <laughs> <laughs> she she she's beautiful. She has very in that photograph. She has very anime eyes. Yes, she's very so large. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this yeah. is Francesca. This is Natalia. Natalia. Yeah, she's a um, she's a blonde. Um, they were all much fairer when they were younger. Ah, they got darker as they got older. And as they yeah. get older, the uh, the Maltese comes out in them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, even even Nicholas, who was very very blonde, is now quite dark. Yeah, it's it's all the sunlight. It's just a it's a cumulative effect. 
<laughs> it just builds up oh, over yeah. years. <laughs> oh yeah, so all the lovely hot sun. I mean, I tell you what, we're going we're to float away if it rains anymore over here. <laughs> well, we'll anyway. take all the rain you can send because we're still twenty inches below for the year. Really? Yes. Well, I wish. It- I wish it were possible. It's like, you know, when you're little and, and your parent, your, your mom said, oh, no, eat your greens because the children in Ethiopia have nothing. And you're like, send it to Ethiopia. I don't mind. The children in Ethiopia can have it. Um, I wish there was a way of sending the rain to you. You can have the rain. And it used to um, be when I was uh, when I was a little children's, my mother would uh, would threaten us with if you didn't eat everything on your plate, that there were starving children in China who had nothing but rice to eat. Mm. And now we learn that they like rice. We were lied right. to. They do. <laughs> they, they, of course, it's all they had to eat. They love it. <laughs> One of these mean adult chicks. <laughs> well, I tell you, the biggest shock I had, Mike, was when I was at school. We had um, uh, a priest, te- an American priest, teaching us who was a child during the Second World War, and he said that his mother used to say, "Eat your greens, Billy, because the children in Europe have nothing." Oh. Which, of course, was true, because Europe was in a state of uh, occupation. But it's, it's, um, it's hard to imagine that there was a time when we were the kind of sob story. I have a friend who's Romanian, and they grew up before the fall of the Iron Curtain. And they were told, eat your plate, eat everything on your plate, because the poor children in the West have nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they grew up to learn that was really a story. <laughs> yes, gosh. Isn't that something that the poor children of the West (laughs) have nothing? That's what they were told. (laughs) Wow. It's amazing how uh, adults will lie to manipulate children. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I suppose we've all done it. You know, I'd like to pretend I've never, ever lied to my children, but we all all, um, stretch the truth somewhat. Okay. uh, Now, Sarah, for the OutQ music, you get to pick it. Eh? Do you want O? Do you want O Adonai or do you want O Sapientia? Oh, what a lovely choice! Uh, I would choose Adonai. I just like that one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to take uh, you, ladies, uh, you fine ladies, out. Uh, Sarah, I will not see you Twix now and Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you, my dear. Thank you, and to you, Mike, and all the listeners. Have a lovely Christmas. And I'm going to take you out with not dreadful music. This is a pair of Dominican friars rendering O Adonai today's O Antiphon. Oh, beautiful. All right. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from Chile, England. Don't forget to write to me at Fiorella at CrusadeChannel.com. And the chat room is open for your commentary at CrusadeChannel.com forward slash chat. I'll now leave you with the King Dude, Mike Church himself. You're listening to the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be.